Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com, as usual. And Nathan, we're going to start off because last week we were talking about Cove. Well, it's the week before that. Was last week, week before? One of them, anyhow. We're, they're still in the news because they have a manager now. They do have a manager. I'm the same, mate. I don't know when that was. Time is just a <laughs> fleeting construct, isn't it? Yeah, it was officially announced on the Cove Rambler social media page that uh, Shane Keegan has been appointed the new Cove uh, Ramblers manager. Good appointment, I think, first of all. The experience factor comes into play. He's Even though like Shane's only 40, which he's someone that's been around the league as a coach for, for quite a long time now. You know, we've seen him with Wexford from 2012 to 2016. Won the first division there at Wexford in 2015. Went on uh, to Galway, and then he had that spell at Dundalk, which it was a disaster spell for him as a manager, with results-wise, but... Just everything that was going on off the field here with Dundalk was just an absolute circus. Yeah, so but he's coming off, he is coming in all off fairness, back. Nathan, was he the manager? Was he? What was he? Who was he what was, up in Dundalk? Yeah. I, I think you can give him a pass on that one. I think it was just more of a license holder than anything else, wasn't he? Yeah, the, the yeah. Italian boys that were there. So he is coming off a disappointing spell with Dundalk. But even his last season at Galway was quite disappointing as well. But I was saying it last week, whenever we decided we'd be talking about Colvin was last uh, if you look at Cole's squad, do you have a decent squad there? Even though we did the table, the, the second bottom table position might not justify that. In terms of some young, good young talent, I just looking at Darren Murphy and his um his coaching career, we didn't really have that experience. He came straight up from the short spell of the Cubs on the nineteenth. But now we're looking at a guy with Shane Keegan that has that backing experience there of being around younger guys, especially what he done at Wexford was, was really impressive at the time. Well, I don't think he will be doing that uh, with Cove anytime soon. I think they are where they are. We talked about the problems, Roy, that it's more than a manager of Cove. It's the mm-hmm. whole the setup and the structure and trying to recruit players in terms of, you know, a packed monster setup that they have in the fourth division. Um, yeah, I still think it's a good appointment, though, for Cove, just on, on a managerial terms. Like I said, the, the ninth, they're coming off uh, another defeat to their, their Cork uh, rivals, Cork City, getting beaten 1 0 uh, on Friday night. Even the games come up in July, you know, they're playing Treaty United at home, which maybe, maybe, you know, forced. Well, in fairness, Treaty got a hammer on the other day, so you can yeah. look at it two ways. They're, they're going to be ready to, to fight and, and sort of get a bit of credibility back again. Or they're like they have this season, they've kind of, the, the level hasn't been there that they had last year. So maybe it is a good game for Cove to have. Maybe it is, but then if they have to pick up. If they're going to pick a win, that's the one to do it because they're playing Galway United away, uh, Waterford at home, Bray at home, and then that was that, that Cork City derby once again in the cup. So a difficult one in the fixtures, but Cover are with the air. I don't think any Cove Ramblers fans are going to be expecting the Swords up the table. Um, they're sort of in no man's land at the moment. They're even miles behind Bray Wanderers um, in eighth position. So yeah, it's definitely a long term appointment. And Shane Keegan, well experienced manager. Yeah, I think it's a good one. He said that it's it's a no-brainer for him to take this job. That if you're to ask about four or five clubs that are being run really well in the country, Cove Ramblers are up there in that four or five. So he obviously sees something there that we don't see. Uh, he obviously sees potential. And he, he's been at Wexford where it was a similar sort of situation 
it, it took him about four years before they won the league. So are yeah. Cove going to, you know, give him that time to to get to the four years to be able to push for promotion? As we said already, they haven't been up there or thereabouts, you know, so they, hasn't, they haven't been really doing it over. So if anything, they need to be backing this manager, don't they? Yeah, they so certainly do. Um, I even, like I said, said last week that I thought it was the experienced manager that they needed. I didn't think they would have got one to the caliber of Shane Keegan. Like I said, I from the outside looking in, I don't see what the project could really could could bring. You know, um, I, I think they're just miles behind. They're always going to be linked with with Cork City, but miles behind the other side in Munster in terms of attracting young, uh, the top top young Munster senior uh, league players. They're gonna have to back him. There's really nowhere else for them to go. I don't think at this stage, Roy. I, I think with the are where they are, and they're going to be there. Like we are saying, they, they missed out on the on the playoff position in 2020 by goal difference. That was just an extremely un, unlucky time for them. But they've been on a, a sharp uh, uh, incline or de- uh, decline uh, ever since that. So they're gonna to have to stick to the man and, and give him a, a couple of years to really get his teeth into this role and to really progress lads from the underage system or to really find these gems in the months I've seen your league. And it's gonna be very interesting because we'll kind of move on to Kerry now because this is they're not too far off what Cove Ramblers are, as in they're both starting from a very low basis. And with Kerry, I suppose they have said that their intentions are to recruit locally. So is that the right direction to take in your opinion, Nathan? I certainly have my opinions. So yes, yeah, that came from the director of football, didn't it? Well, yeah, Billy Dennehy. Um I so if we're looking at it, in if we're going off recent evidence, we've seen Treaty United do something similar, didn't we? In in, in when they were setting up in twenty twenty one. In terms of, they brought in a lot of former lads that played under the Limerick FC uh, moniker, and then they brought a lot of lads in from not only the Munster Senior League, but specifically the region of Limerick and the county of Limerick itself. I think if you're looking um, at the Kerry District League, they're going to have to go into that market because, as we just mentioned, it's actually a good segue for a play to me, professional as always. The Munster Senior League, you know, it has Cork City, Cove Ramblers, Warford, Treat United, as we mentioned as well. So they're not going to want to go into that oversaturated market. They're going to want to be looking at the truly dynamos of this world or uh, Killarney of two sides. I don't think Celtic mm. and Athletic that are there. So they're the sort of sides they're going to want to be looking at. You want to stay away from me seeing Kilkenny City do this and me seeing like of Monaghan United do this and fall into the trap of bringing in overpaid journeymen for probably a lack of a, of a more respectful term that they just couldn't afford. And it's just not going to be a sustainable model. And that's something that they talked about in this uh press conference uh, with Billy Denny, he was making the club into a self-sufficient community-based model and for me it is the way to go about it um, it, it did work for Treaty United they finished fourth in the fourth season I don't think we'll see it to this level of uh, at Kerry FC but yeah I, I think it's it's the way to go in the short term anyway as you as you progress on your your objectives might change uh, in the long and medium term but in the short term yeah I, I, I agree with that anyway. I, I think it's the best way to go about it. I don't know what, what your take on it is. Yeah, well, they their application doesn't kind of go through properly till September. They'll know by, I think it's even, mid-November, yeah. they'll know the league will make a decision on it. So I think it's the any club that can't afford, if they're spending more than they're bringing in because players are costing them money, they need to cut that out straight away. And that's cl- clubs that are in there now for a long, long time. It's well-established cl- clubs need to look at what way they're operating. Youth has to be 
the way forward. They have to look at getting the youth around. There's loads of football clubs around, even down in Kerry, loads of football clubs, Cove and, and Cork and that area, loads of football clubs around. So they, they, they should be picking these players out of there and, and developing them. And obviously having their own youth system as well and, and bringing them through. Eventually that'll get you to a, a stage where you may very well be able to spend a few quid here and there down the years. But when you're starting off, know your means. We've seen too many teams who have come in, tried to spend their way through the league and have just disappeared completely. And, and Nathan, you could probably rhyme them all off in, uh, in, a, in a second. Re- two recent memories there, Roy, of, of Kilkenny yeah. and Monaghan. He can go further back to tallest town, or even further back than that. Yeah, but even Spartan Fingal at the time. Fingal. They had money behind them and it still failed. So it's not even that they didn't have the money and they spent money that they didn't have. They had money and, and it still f- fell fat in its face. Uh, although it was, it was ridiculous, uh, ridiculous club, Spartan Fingal. What the fuck? Anyhow, but when you look at Kerry, it's it's a huge uh, football and county, even though Gaelic football is, 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 is the massive one down there. There's loads of people playing football down there and there's no reason why they can't develop a really, really good club down in Kerry. So I think everything they're saying, they need to be aligned together, the footballing side and the, I suppose, the strategic business side need to be aligned together and they need to be pulling in the same direction. And that goes same with Cove. They need to do the exact same thing. Everyone have a plan and know where you're going to go. And I hope Shane Keegan's going to bring in his vision of where the club should go, not the team, where the club should go. Because the team, it's very easy to say, well, listen, I'll get this player in, get that player in, get this player in. And then it doesn't work. And then you're screwed. You've got to have a big vision for the club. So, yeah, I'd be 100% behind that one. Okay, uh, Nathan, Waterford, are they up for sale or are they not up for sale? We, we're no clearer at the moment, are we? Well, no, <laughs> we're really not. And it's, not it's, it's a strange question to be asking, isn't it? These things are normally fairly cut and dry. So I'm sure people have, have are sort of in the know at the moment, but we'll fill in a quick little uh, summary of the gaps. So this was first reported by Gavin Cooney of the 4-2. By the way, straight off the bat, the 4-2, very reliable. Usually very reliable in terms of League of Ireland content. So we're not dealing with, you know, a Mickey Mouse sort of setup. So he wouldn't pull out a thing here. Yeah. Uh, so in the report uh, by Gavin Cooney, it was uh, stated that Waterford FC have been put up for sale and valued at 1.3 million. We'll get to that. So remember that price because we're going to get back to that one. That's a talking point in itself. Um, yeah, obviously Richard Forrest uh, took over the club last year from Lee Power. Uh, so, and it looks like that he already wants out. Uh, so a lot of this information comes from it's a sports advisory term a firm called Oakwell, who are handling the the sale itself, and they've even confirmed to the four two that the sale is it's it's a hundred firm confirmed that he's looking to sell up and and, and move on elsewhere. The Oakwell have even made some pitches to potential buyers about you know the attractiveness of Waterford and, and what they could be getting from potential if they did buy Waterford. Uh, they look at the closest sign a uh, 50-year lease with Waterford Council on the RSC. They have no bank debts. Uh, they, they claim that it's one of the best academies in Ireland and say that uh, an academy <laughs> like this right? And say that the academy <laughs> relationship uh, with Blackburn Rovers uh, is, is close to, to happening. And probably the most interesting or I would say delusional 
little nugget of information is when they start talking about a television deal. Now, they obviously they went on to continue to say, and this is uh, Oakwell, by the way, to say that uh, Waterford is on track for promotion, which they could be. Then they outline the easier access of European competitions in terms of the Europa Conference League. Yeah. And they go on to say that uh, Irish football has no television deal in place at the moment, and if one was to be struck, uh, clubs, and this again, Oakwell are estimating that clubs could be looking to get uh, €250,000 per club if a television deal was to be struck. If, if, so they just plucked this thought out of their arse and said, if this ever happened, it hasn't happened before. There doesn't seem to be anything to say that it's happening at the moment. Any discussions are happening at the moment. So they just plucked that out of their arse. Pretty much. But that's, this this is where now it gets, it it, it turned on its head completely. This report came out. We all thought, okay, strange. It's only been a year since Victor Forrest took over, but it's 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 mental. It seems to be a constant source of news headlines, doesn't it? Coming out of Waterford FC, but then only about two hours after this uh, article was published, uh, Waterford themselves came out with a statement on behalf of Richard Forrest, saying that he was disappointed about the article uh, being published uh, on the four two, and was saying pretty much put it down to that he was getting his assets valued, which is now the norm completely. But what I found interesting in the statement was he not once did he con- did he well he didn't confirm that the club was for sale, but he never outright denied it. Like we said, but we're looking at a site with the four two that's extremely uh, reliable and extremely uh, on the ball with League of Ireland contents. Seemed to me that it was more so Richard Forrest. The statement was, "I'm sorry, I got caught." Yeah, that's what I got from it. Right? I don't know what you you got from it. Um, it's. It, it's it's a sad for Waterford fans, isn't it? You know, we've seen when Richard Forrest took over from Lee Power. Lee Power was a, was a, it was a shit show when he was there. We thought, you know, it'd be a change of the guard and new staff for them. But a year on, it, it just hasn't been. It Do you really, think really Richard Forrest been. went in thinking a different thing about the club, and when he actually got in there, realised that the League of Ireland, it's going to be very hard to make money in the League of Ireland. Um, and that he's probably best off just getting back out again and looking for somewhere where there's potential to create some money. Is like, but you'd say about anybody, wouldn't you? That goes in the League of Ireland looking for money. It's it's absolutely foolish. It's it's impossible to make money. In terms it is of League yeah. of Ireland football, you know. And then you wonder, into for a, a club the size of Waterford and how well they're doing the season in terms of the league. If you look at that attendance figures, they're actually quite low compared to the other sides around them. And you wonder why, like fan engagement, when when all this is going on, it's going to be an absolute nightmare to, to try and sustain. I I'm the same as you. I I wonder. First of all, we'll touch on that 1.3 million valuation. Which, oh, God knows where he got that one from. Because we don't we don't get a breakdown or anything on that, Nathan, do we? No, no, nothing at all. It was just that was the valuation that was given in the article. So, but this is a, a Waterford site that has absolutely zero fixed assets. So, where the valuation has come from, I don't know. They just make claims, and like like you said, in terms of the, uh, the one of the best academies in Ireland. But there's no breakdown, as, as you just said there, of where this valuation has come from. I, I really don't understand it at all. It's like it's possible. Are they just are they just evaluating every player that they have under contract at the moment? The 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 kitchen lady, you know, the the man who gives out the chips. Are, are they evaluating every single thing that's around the the, the chip van and everything? Because, it must be, because as you said, not, they don't have anything else. It must be because it's not from the state. Like you said, they're just going to sign no. a lease uh, with Waterford Council for the, uh, the RSC. It's not for a top class uh, academy facility. No. 
I just say, I, I, I do think you're spot on. I think he's looking at it that you're not going to make money in League of Ireland football. But also, without getting too much into politics here, Roy, we're looking at Ireland that the recession is probably more than likely on the horizon, isn't it? With everything that, that's been going on over the past couple of years, maybe he's looking at it in terms of, I'm not making money here. Now it's time to really to, to, to sell up and move on and get out of here while I can. And but then you wonder, somehow try and try and make 1.3 million out of this. Yeah, you wonder what his plan was in the first place then when yeah. he's going in. If that's what I'm saying, like, what kind of plan did he have? I'd love to know. I'd love to hear what he has to say about what plans he had to go in there, how he thought he was going to build something at Waterford and and how he was going to create money at a League of Ireland club. Because he, he was saying all the right things, like they all do, I suppose, yeah. but he was saying all the right things. People are in the crowd, you know, celebrating with fans and all this sort of stuff. You've seen them all nearly do that down in Waterford. And... Then, as you said, within a year, it's he's decided. Well, I'm I'm up, I'm up and going. Like I mean, it can't be because he didn't know what Waterford is about. I'm sure to God he went down to Waterford and had to look around and see what it was like. So I, I'm baffled. I think he must have thought he must understand now that it's a lot harder to push Waterford on to get European football from where they are at the moment and it's probably going to take longer than he wants to for, for it to take. Probably is and even even in the articles um, it was claimed that the, the whole relegation when they got relegated because of COVID because you know players out with COVID um, which wasn't obviously a virus that was, that was closing the water for the self every club in the League of Ireland yeah. uh, had to deal with that. Also I think the fact that you sacked your manager uh, three days before the playoff final against the ECD yeah. probably Mental. had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The decision making has been absolutely crazy, boy. And like I said, it was, it's it's sad because we were on here, and I'm sure if we went back and listened to the podcast when Richard took over at Waterford, we were very complimentary because he talked about the usual. We're going to make it into a community hub. It's a large catchment area. Did and they did Waterford? They have positive season ticket numbers on a consistent basis. But it's just gone completely pear shaped once again. It's the club has been. It's it's been a constant laughing stock, hasn't it? Yeah. It's it really really has been and. Like I said, you can understand why the attendance figures are somewhat low compared to other teams around them because if you're a fan that's looking to get into Waterford and you're seeing this constant circus that is surrounding the club, no yeah. wonder why it's, it's not an attractive uh, attractive site and it's not going to want you to go down and invest your time and money into the club itself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very, very disappointing. It'd be very interesting though to see what sort of outcome this is going to have uh, and how quickly or how slowly that a sale may happen. I can't see it happening very quickly. It's just, it's, it's, he could be lingering around for a while. So uh, that's not going to help either because people are obviously going to be upset with him. So it just brings down the mood in the club a little bit. So it's, it's not good for anyone. I'd say, yeah, I'd say he was sorry to be caught more than anything else, just like yeah. you said, Nathan. Okay, uh, Bray Wanderers, Nathan, it's hard to even know where to start with Bray sometimes. But let's just go back to the last week where the flair was thrown onto the pitch. Uh, there seems to be incidents happening all the time with Bray Wanderers. Looking at back at the video, the flair was thrown over the stadium onto the pitch. Um, and the game had to be obviously stopped for a while just to get to get rid of that. But that was it's a very dangerous and stupid thing to do. Uh, but they seem to have a few stupid people around the club at the moment, i.e. Uh, some of the supporters or so-called supporters who are wanting to cause a bit of trouble. 
there has been a lot of talk and I don't know if you, what you've heard Nathan but I've been hearing a lot of talk uh, from different people who support the club I have heard a lot of talk uh, from people around the club and even um, a player or two that this move with Cabin Teeley has just it's it, it's killed the club absolutely killed the club and last week they had the the man on the intercom uh, call out the substitution uh, for Cabin Teeley is so it's really it, I think there's a lot of Bray Runders fans I see, I've seen posts up now we want our Bray back and stuff yeah. like that there's there's real conflict on, on this merger isn't there yeah, there really is, isn't there? And I think it's gone past, uh, but the sounds of people, like you said, boy, that know the club, it's gone past teething problems. It, mm. it, it's turned into a, into a real issue once. It's, you're seeing all this frustration uh, in the stands and it's being put down to what's going on on the field. Like Again, like in the weekend, another disappointing uh, two-all draw to Wexford to 2-0 up and threw away a 2-0 lead. But it just doesn't justify the action that's going on. But, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing all this frustration uh, in the terraces and it's the same year that the Mojas come about. Not a lot of Bray Wanderers fans were, were too happy when the announcement was made in the fourth place, just with the history of the club there, being brought together with a club like Cabin Teedy that, that have no history at all within the League of Ireland itself. Albeit, they were well-respected um, amateur side in terms of grassroots in Dublin, but in League of Ireland, there's nothing there whatsoever. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's sad to see, isn't it? It really is. You, 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 we talked about it a lot here, about uh, the... The, the disgraceful actions of the of, we don't even want to call them fans and, and put them together uh, with the genuinely brave wonderful supporters but I wouldn't be surprised if you do start to see some protests in terms of like what we've seen with the Save Talker Park movement with Shelbourne I think we could see give us a brave back sort of a movement uh, coming out but I, I think they're too far gone now at this stage I think it's sad, it's sad to say but I, I, I can't see them backtracking on, and on, there's a lot of fingers being pointed at the, the at the merger, as in that if they hadn't merged with Cabin Teeley, this fan base, this supporter base, wouldn't have come in and started causing trouble. And 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 they're, they're kind of pointing the finger at, at Cabin Teeley to say, listen, these are your supporters. This is not Bray Wanderer supporters. Yeah, it's strange because neither Bray or Cabin Teeley were known for for not winning in a way allocation really as a whole, but definitely not winning any trouble to home or away games. You do mm. wonder where, where the group has come from, um, they're definitely not supporters of, of either side. They're just fucking, just absolute cowardice behaviour, isn't it? On, on a on a weekly basis, we're starting to see it now, Roy. And it, it's really, it's, it's something that you're going to have to clamp down. And we talked about the self-policing team before, but even clubs themselves are going to have to come together and start pulling information and really dishing out, not only lengthy bands, fucking lifetime bands to, to yeah. get the sort of things out, out of the stands. We said it, we're going to keep saying it time and time again. It's not just an issue, why we're talking about Brave Wonders here, it's not just an issue confined to the Carlisle grounds. It's it's an issue in the league as a whole, but going back to what, what, what we're chatting about, it's um, it's definitely interesting to see where they did come from because neither, like I said, neither side were known for, for major anti-social behaviour over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's something that they're going to have to put put out quickly because it's really tarnishing the club. And and what will happen is is that you're 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 going to get people distancing themselves from the yeah. club. And uh, yeah, that's a, it's, and, it's, and, and potential future fans are not even going to get themselves into the tone style because exactly, absolutely. This, yeah. this, these are the stories that like to get picked up in by mainstream media. So it's, it's a constant knocking back up the league and look, not justifying it the, the actions that have been going on are absolutely awful to see and it's sad and it's going to be it, it's going to be a major um, 
it's not going, it's going to hamper the league as a whole going forward because people are going to see this, especially young families, couples, things like that. It, they're just not going to want to entertain the idea at all of going down. No, absolutely not. Um, okay, well, we, we might as well go on to women's football because the Champions League draw was made and Shelbourne were in it. They were in it, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, the first uh, qualification round of the Women's Champions League. So it's done a little bit differently uh, in terms of the men. It, it, it's, they're drawn into a, a small tournament and the games are played not over two legs, but over a one-off game. So Shells have been drawn into tournament one of the championship pot because of the Wonder Women's National League last season. They've been drawn by uh, ZNK Pomage of Slovenia. That's going to be played away in Slovenia. So if they win that game, they'll go on to face the winners of uh, Valier from Iceland or Heia Asse from Armenia. And that that game, so the winner of the both two semi-finals, that game we played again, a once-off game, which we played on the 18th of August. So okay, a, let me get this. Let me get this right. So it's a semi-final first, and then a final, is it? Yeah. So Shelbourne, like the Nations Shel- League, the way they have done yeah. that. Okay. So the, Shel- the Shelbourne game is semi-final one, and then yes. the Iceland team, yeah, the Armenian yeah. team, are semi-final two, and then they'll go in and the, the winner of two games will play each other in a once-off game. Um. Yeah. I, I, I was hoping you wouldn't ask too many questions about it, trying to look into it, and I, I still couldn't really make heads or tails. But the, the more the further down it gets, the more frustrating it gets. But look, Andy Shelbourne fans listening in, we'll keep you up to date on, on, on how the, uh, the the women's side are getting on. Great to see them progress, wouldn't it, Roy? It, it, it Brilliant. Seems like a no, it would be. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're absolutely. Excellent um, obviously, excellent work in terms of the women's national league. But on an international level, themselves are peeing around the United. They're, they're distributing a lot of, um, of, of talented players into the, 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 the women's setup. Yeah, and we're reaping the rewards. I know we played Georgia and you're expected to win, and they hammered them. Um, was it 9 0 in the end the, the other night? And it was it 11 Shocking. or t- Shocking. whatever so it was the last time? So. We're, getting, we're getting worse. Aren't we? we only beat, we beat them 11 0 last time. We beat them 9 0. So we're not going to qualify for a World Cup at that sort of form. <laughs> it's, it's it's great that we we have a team that can compete and as you said before with Sweden albeit a little bit of a harder game we drew one all and there's a great opportunity now against Finland and I think it's September am I wrong yeah. I think it might be September, September that's, yeah. that's the big game then to, to see who can qualify so but there is a real surge in women's football it's great to see and you know, you're, you see so many girls going around with their football gear on and going out and playing their football matches and then attending these games. You can only see the women's game, League of Ireland, getting bigger and bigger and bigger because there's access there. You, you said likes of Mount and stuff like that. That's local access into a, a League of Ireland league. So your next door neighbour has a great chance of going and playing in the League of Ireland so in the in the women's football so at the moment it's a real kind of a I don't want to say it's a local thing and a family thing but it's, it's it's along those lines everyone can get involved in this in women's football and they're all pulling together and uh, it, there's there's no real now of course it's still a very competitive league at, at that but yeah. they're all pulling together in the one the one boat where they want the League of Ireland uh, the, the Women's League to push on and uh, you know you want to fill out the Tallah Stadium for these internationals and, and go further then over the next 10 years I can see that happening. I can really see that happening because there's a a big push behind women's football at the moment and it's brilliant and it's absolutely brilliant. Okay, uh, we'll finish up with uh, Paddy Power and uh, the mascot race, Nathan. It's it's something you love. 
Apparently so, we just got really excited there. I don't know why. I'm not fucking not running into the turn around. Oh, I, oh, I, I, I thought that's what, what you might have been getting excited about. I thought you might have been in it this year. Well, bringing back Paddy the Panda from St. Yeah. Lance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it said that the, the 2022 Paddy Power League of Ireland mascot race, the annual uh, League of Ireland mascot race, taking place uh, this Saturday, the 2nd of July, in a uh, nice race course. It's the. the, the, the to the what's it, what's it the the twenty to three yeah had to get that one right the twenty to three race so the the, the two forty race if anybody is uh interested in checking it out now brilliant it's an aid of uh Grove Island which are a brilliant mental health movement uh, in Ireland so it's all of a charity which is excellent to see well we run through uh the field Roy and go ahead get your, get your change out there and, and pick a winner out of this we can go in right. hunks if we want it right in right months. we'll do that right split the money so we have um a te- ten runners in the field. We have uh, Harper the Dog, which was uh, representing Finn Harps. You can see the name. It was actually the 2021 winner. So there you go. Might be a little favourite okay. if you don't want if you don't want to go too crazy uh, in terms of betting. We got a uh, Bill Berry Go, who'll be uh, representing Waterford. Terry the Tiger from Galway. Corky the Cheetah from Cork. Uh, Stevie Cappell <laughs> representing uh, Clare County. That's in uh, a blast in the past. Okay. Uh, Rocky Rocky the Seagull from Bray. He, he's, a, he's a former winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 2018. Yeah. I'm just looking it up here now. Are former winner, the form, Rocky the, the Seagull. Getting the former. I want to see. Yeah. I actually look at to see what, what outfits they're wearing to see which one's the heaviest. <laughs> Ruled them out. <laughs> yeah, set them out. Uh, Leo the Lion still representing Limerick F- FC. He just hasn't picked up the treaty. Uh, United Bulls at all. Okay. Right. Uh, Mr. Pinky uh, from Wexford. And then we have. Uh, Mackle the dog, he was representing on an international stage. That's the uh, Republic of Ireland team's representative. Yeah. And then we just have good old Frank, who was uh, representing Paddy Power. Oh, uh, so, no. Yeah. Is there, was Hooperman not in there? No, no Hooperman. No, no. Hooperman's not nowhere to be found this year. Didn't make must it. Du- okay. Must be double booked. Must, must be, must game, be double booked. <laughs> must be. Robbers must be playing away somewhere already. Uh, are you playing at home on Saturday, mate? I don't know who Robbers are playing over the weekend. Actually. Harper the Dog. Harper the Dog wins the Paddy Power mascot. What year was that? Jeez, it's, 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 it's not an easy one to uh, to, to pick out. They, they all have massive heads. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's not easy to, to look at it from there. I will go for... Leo the Lion is, is Limerick, is it? So Yeah. God, we can't. We don't want Leo to win because he hasn't bothered his arse changing over to uh, Treaty. No. So we, we want to rule him out. Uh, Rocky, Leo, the, Rocky the Seagull. Leo's definitely a bleeding Liverpool fan, isn't he? Does, yeah. does, doesn't even like League of Ireland. I'm not sure if Rocky the Seagull is trying to tell us something that there's there's something happening in Kildare or not, but uh, he needs to be disqualified as well. Um, ah, listen, I'll, I'll go for Harper. Harper the dog. Second year in the bounce. Second year in the Harper, bounce. I'm gonna go for him. Yeah, Finn Harps. They they they. It has to be harder running up there in that wind. You can't have a mascot called Stevie. So Stevie Cappell is there with him. Sorry, Kildare. He's not even a bit of effort for him. Same with Frank. Frank can get into the bin as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested. I wonder what a Mr. Pinky is representing uh, Wexford. And I'm going to go for Mr. Pinky on the, on the, 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 the benefit that I hope Mr. Pinky gets finished for us over the finish line and takes off the head of whatever a Mr. Pinky is, and it's Mick Wallace. So that's yeah, why I'm going to go. Yeah, that's why I'm going to go with Mr. Pinky. Although, if, if he wins it, 
I'd be highly surprised now in all fairness. I've Googled Mr. Pinky. Nowhere to be seen. This is a mystery. I can't wait till 20 oh, to 3 on Saturday. I cannot wait. <laughs> I don't mean to be uh, into this one. Yeah, buzzing. Okay, well, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, we might might have a, I suppose, guess you can have a, a flutter. So we'll, 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 have yeah. to have a, we'll have to have a look at the odds and see who's what the odds are can't before wait. the weekend. Guess, we'll put a few quid on it. Okay, we're going to leave it there. Listen, everyone who's watched and everyone who's listening, uh, of course, on the podcast, thanks very much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you listening and also sending any messages which is due on the YouTube channel and, of course, on our big kickoff Facebook channel, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever else it, it's on, you know, Still not get there and go. Oh, go we're on TikTok but we just haven't put that in up yet. <laughs> are we on TikTok, are we? Well, I set it up, but we ha- we'll have to have a look and see what we're going to do there. I, 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 need, an, I need about... Yeah, I need about three more days in the week to be able to stick something up on TikTok. So we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, we need about three teenagers at a tech savvy to run the bloody thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I thought I was hoping for you, Nathan, but obviously you're getting a bit old for that. Um, and uh, don't forget the bigkickoff.com. It's our football website. Do get onto that. Plenty of League of Ireland and, of course, uh, world football as well. Nathan, thanks very much for your time as always. Talk to you next week.